Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Milford House Mysteries on the BookSpeak Network. I'm Sherry Knowlton. I write the Alexa Williams Suspense series. The novels are Dead of Autumn, Dead of Summer, Dead of Spring, Dead of Winter, and my newest, uh, just out in February, is called Dead on the Delta. Today, uh, my co-host on the series, J.M. West, author of the Carlisle Crime Cases novels, couldn't join us, uh, but I expect her back soon on Milford House Mysteries. But never fear, I'm not alone today. I'm pleased to welcome author E.A. Amar uh, to the Milford House Mysteries. Uh, And let me introduce him by uh, reading just a short bio. Anthony Award-nominated E.A. Amar's most recent thriller, They're Gone, was published in 2020 under his pseudonym E.A. Bars. His past thrillers include the celebrated novel, The Unrepentant. He has a monthly column in the Washington Independent Review of Books. He's a former member of the National Board of International Thriller Writers and for years was the managing editor of The Thrill Begins, which is an online resource for uh, debut and aspiring writers uh, through international thriller writers. Uh, He's also an active member of the Crime Writers of Color, the Mystery Writers of America, and Sisters in Crime. Plus, in his spare time, he runs Noir at the Bar. It's a series of uh, book readings uh, in Washington, D.C. And he's hosted and spoken at a variety of crime fiction, writing, and publishing events nationwide. Uh, I must mention that I've known Ed for several years through International Thriller Writers Organization, so it's a particular pleasure for me to speak to him today. With all that, welcome, Ed, to Milford House Mysteries. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, and congratulations on the recent publication of Dead on the Delta. Ah, it's always fun to have a new book out, isn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah, thank that's you. great. Uh, And your last book wasn't uh, all that long ago. Uh, It was uh, one that came out um, with Kirkus giving it a starred review, uh, rave reviews from Publishers Weekly and several other notable viewers. And They're Gone was given this, sort of review uh, that caught my eye by BuzzFeed. They called it a hard-boiled crime thriller in which the women fight back. It's expertly plotted and action-packed, but it also features a diverse cast of characters, including two strong women of color as protagonists, and it offers biting social commentary. So, Ed, let's start off by you telling our listeners a little bit about that, your latest book, They're Gone. 
Oh, well, yeah. Thanks for mentioning those, uh, those, those lovely reviews. Otherwise, I would have had to do the awkward thing of trying to work them into the conversation as we uh, <laughs> as we went. No, th- those were really nice. Those were those were just um, you never know how people are going to respond to your work, right? And you your your conceptions of it, I, I find, and I'm sure you know you th- this maybe this happens to you too. That when it's out there, when somebody reads it, all of your conceptions of it change. You know, it's the minute they're like, "Oh, I I like this part or I don't like this part." It just I I didn't see it in that perspective. You know, it's it's it's, yeah. it's a bit of awakening. So, um, and and you know, I like I think a lot of writers. I just you know I get so antsy about reviews. And about people reading my work, like you want people to read it, you want you know you want to make some money off this, but at the same token, um, it, it's a bit nerve wracking, you know. Uh, yeah, so, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like I want. I mean, I don't want to tell people just buy the book. You don't have to read it, but sort of. <laughs> um, no, you want them to read it. I do want them to read it, but yeah. So they're gone was a uh, is a story about two women whose husbands are murdered in the same night on the same way, and they're from completely different paths. Uh, one's a Baltimore bartender, the other's a Northern Virginia housewife, and they're brought together um, to find out as they attempt each attempt to find out what what happened to their uh, to their husbands, and it. Um, you know, for me, the, the the story came out of a conversation I had with a friend of mine, a, a terrific writer of historical fiction, uh, uh, crime fiction, Susanna Calkins, and she was telling mm-hmm. me we were at, we were at a book festival, and she was telling me about a research she was doing about Al Capone's era in Chicago for a new series that she's writing, uh, the Flapper series, which is terrific. And she um, mentioned that there was uh, one of the terms in the newspaper after the the Valentine's Day massacre, um, a term she came across that referred to the widows of um, the men that that, uh, Capone's people killed. Uh, They called them the bullet widows. And oh, I thought that wow. was such a, yeah, I thought it was such a great term, and that's what the book was called. You know, the, the whole story came from that, the idea of that term and, and these women who were – these widows who were uh, determined to find out what had happened to their, uh, to their, to their murdered husbands. Um, but then it promptly got changed when the uh, book got accepted by a publisher. <laughs> Which is fine. I think they're. Oh, I like the bullet there. widows. I, I thought that's a great. Me thing. too. Yeah, same here. I still want to use it, so I still have dibs on it. If anybody's, you know, if any writers out there okay. are thinking about using it. <laughs> huh. Well, that, that's interesting because I was I was going to ask you what inspired it because it, it is a, a really intriguing concept to have you know two women not at all connected, well, at least, let's say, uh, at, right. at the beginning, in, in no way connected, um, that have their husbands murdered uh, basically at the same time. 
Uh, and the, the, the whole story is a, a very interesting premise to start out with. So oh, let me you. ask you, I'm oh, always curious and fascinated about the decision to use pen names. Uh, mm-hmm. So c- can you tell me why did you decide for this particular book to use a different name um, than you had used in your earlier works? Yeah, I mean, there's two reasons, and they sort of converged. Um, the first was that my my first – not my first book, but the uh, last book that I wrote prior to this, The Unrepentant, um, mm-hmm. was – was well received but it was um it, it was a, so the unrepentant was a a pretty stark look at sex trafficking and the book didn't really pull any punches um and the research i did um well the research i did was much more horrifying than anything i wrote about but um it was still a very harsh book and i wanted i didn't want to keep writing books like that like I didn't uh, – when people asked, uh, you know, if the unrep- if there would be a sequel, I, you know, I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that again. You know, I don't want. I mean, maybe later, but not not now. I, I wanted to write something. I, you know, I I was I wanted to write something that was markedly different, and uh-huh. the idea of a pen name helped with that. But there is a commercial reason too, and I don't want to to shy away from sort of the realities of, of publishing. Um, and I try to be very frank about this stuff because I, I think it's important for, for people to know, you know, the, the, the sort of vagaries of the industry. Um, mm-hmm. With my, my first, the unrepentant wasn't the first book I wrote. The f- first two books came out from a, a very small and any, yeah, a very nice publisher, but there was really no marketing for those first two books, there is no mm-hmm. press. They, they, they came out and, and the only people who, and I, and I didn't know at the time anything about, I didn't have any connections in writing. I didn't know anything about book marketing. Um, and the books just, yeah, they really didn't sell. And, you know, the publisher and, and a couple of people told me that, you know, as, as your books get more successful, that's going to be a, that's going to be a barrier when it comes to getting into bookstores or libraries. Um, and I understood that, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't fault the books and I, I don't want to fault the publisher, you know, it was just sort of the way things went. And the, um, but I, I really didn't want any, any, anything to hold back this book from getting to people, you okay. know, and if that meant, if that meant writing, as some people advised me, um, if that meant writing under a pen name, then that was something I was going to do. It didn't really – it doesn't really matter to me what the name I use is, provided you know, the story gets out there. Right, right. And you know, when you go out and speak in public, you're you, <laughs> no matter what name yeah, it, you're using or, or what, what name the books were published. So ultimately, it all ties back to you as the creative person behind these books. And you know, I've I've got to be honest. I mean, one of the things <laughs> I probably didn't do myself any favors because I think with a pen name, the idea is that you're sort of creating this alternate identity, and 
I was very, you know, I, I've done a lot of work, as you mentioned in my bio, you know, with the writing community, and and I've tried to establish myself in the DC uh, region, and you know, so it was, so there was a mixed, a bit of a mixed bag there because I I didn't want to completely abandon everything that I had done, but at the same time, um, I ended up, you know, saying like. I, I didn't want to say like, hey, if you like me, you should check out this new crazy cat EA bars. Wow. <laughs> you know? I didn't want to be really <laughs> slimy with it. So it, it was really kind of, uh, you know, I, I was very open about it. And the publisher knew that uh-huh. they were, my agent knew that they were fine with it. But then I thought, you know, months later, you know, well, wait. Why? If what am I doing here? <laughs> why am I? Why, you know, yeah, I, I think it would have to be a more. hard decision. I mean, I've I've written under my name, and which is my real name, the the, the whole time. Yeah. Um, but I, I I've talked to several authors who've gone this uh, pen name route for some books, um, a few that have gone that route for all books. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it it is an interesting, uh, I guess, both dilemma, business decision, and much, much more sometimes. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, one thing that that was kind of nice is that I I found when when on release day, release day for books tends to be very stressful for me. And writing under the pen name, I really wasn't stressed. And, and part of that was because the, the reviews had all come in by that point, right? They come in well ahead right. of time, the, the trade reviews anyways. And, you know, so I, I felt like, you know, the, 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 the biggest, um, the, the, the biggest attention the book would receive had probably already come at that point. So I, I felt like, um, you know, maybe I, I wasn't, on nerves because of that, but also I think the pen name allows a little bit of removal. You know, yeah, I, it, yeah. it, it, even just subconsciously, there's a little bit of distance that that was very helpful. Um, you know, it still felt like my book, but it didn't it 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 it, it didn't feel as much um, you know like like a any negative criticism the book received. You know, was it didn't really, it wasn't really that uh, upsetting. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, you don't like the book? Well, that other person wrote this. <laughs> yeah, that, that, <laughs> that EA bar. <laughs> 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 That's interesting. Very interesting. Well, you already talked a little bit about the unrepentant. Um, but, you know, it was also very well received, nominated for an Anthony Award, which is like a major, uh, major accomplishment when you consider how many novels are published each year. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess it's, it's considered noir, uh, so pretty dark, a uh, pretty dark book, but it has some elements of black comedy. And um, as I was reading the reviews of, of that book, um, I was really struck from the one from Bolo Books that said, what sets Amar apart is the light he uses to create his shadows. I thought that was like one of the most poetic reviews I think I've ever read about a book. So congratulations on that one. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Chris behind Bolo, he uh, he always runs the risk of outshining the books he's uh, writing about. <laughs> he's, he's pretty wonderful. Yes, he he is quite uh, can be quite lyrical in his his reviews. <laughs> but um, this talks about sex trafficking. This book, um, I I guess I I. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the book first, and then then I have a just a, a comment that I wanted to to discuss with you. But go ahead and tell our listeners about the book a little bit more. Oh sure. So the unrepentant uh, is a story about a woman who escapes a group of crim- she's kidnapped and escapes from a group of criminals with the help of a uh, somewhat uh, depressed. Um, uh, former soldier and then uh, the story sort of turns on its head and she ends up saving him um from those those same criminals and it you know as i mentioned earlier it's it's a bit of a of there's i wouldn't call it necessarily a violent book um although i guess it is but it you know it it, it was important i was researching I did a lot of research into sex trafficking mm-hmm. and the toll it takes on on people and and how prevalent it is. And you know, as as I mentioned, the the research I did was much more unsettling than the book that I wrote. And I, you know, a friend of mine who read the book and asked me afterwards, like, you know, what, what do you, you know, what what do you mean? How how was what did you leave out? Uh, you know, the thing I didn't put in is that most of these crimes, or not most, but a lot of these crimes are against children. Yes. And that wasn't really something I went into to. Uh, I, I mentioned it. I didn't go into it to an, a great extent. Although the main character is is on the verge of, uh, she's seventeen to eighteen, so she fall, mm-hmm. certainly falls into that category. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, the, the, my second book, and this is sort of what I wanted to bring up, my, my second book, Dead of Summer, um, deals with sex trafficking as well. Now, my books, mm-hmm. they aren't lighthearted. <laughs> um, they're, they're actually, you know, pretty graphic and and pretty, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know, can have some violence in them. I mean, the whole titles of Dead gives you a clue. Yeah. Um, but uh, but th- I'm certainly my book is nowhere near as gritty as The Unrepentant. But um, one of the reasons I wanted to write about sex trafficking was because there's just sort of this, I kept picking up this sense from people when you would talk about it that, oh, my gosh, no, that can't happen here in south-central Pennsylvania, quiet little Carlisle, PA, uh, where, in fact, um, we're on the I-81 corridor uh, and the truck stops up and down I-81, and and we have many, um, are uh, a a central hub for sex trafficking. Um, And so my my sex trafficked kids were kids in, in foster care, but I didn't get into as many you know, of the individual feelings and sort of impact, I think, as as you did in your book. But uh, it it sounds like your research took you down some pretty dark rabbit holes as you were looking into it, as, of course, the subject does. It 
It did, and you know, I I I went into it with a different perspective than I than I left because I was of the opinion that the you know um, the the crime of prostitution shouldn't be a crime, and I've, I I changed a bit in that. I, I really don't know what to think. At this point, you know, there's a very heated debate in about sex work and the legality of it, and there's there, there's fair arguments on both sides, and I really don't have a, a firm position on that. What I do see, though, is that where there has been legalized sex work, there's been an increase in illegal sex trafficking, you know, children, minors, uh-huh. uh, people brought in through coercion. Um, to work and to, you know, to, to become essentially slaves. And that was, you know, so it, it, it's very hard to there. It's a very gray uh, area and a gray, a gray debating uh, ground. What, you know, but I, I had a very similar experience to you. You know, I, I really didn't think, I mean, I live in the suburbs outside of Washington, DC and uh-huh. everybody, here tends to think of all the crime happening in DC or in Baltimore, you know, in, in, in exactly. our region, they, they really put in the cities. I, after talking with, um, with a couple of cops uh, who've worked at, I, I learned that the largest uh, hub of sex, tra- sex trafficking is actually in Northern Virginia at a mall I used to work at, you know, uh-huh. I, I no idea, no, no idea that uh-huh. it was, um, outside of the city and into into the neighborhoods, and that's where you know the the most of the business was was uh, was being conducted. There are a good portion, yeah. at least. So it, I, I you know, know another surprising thing that I found out um, in talking to um, some victims um, organizations uh, that mm-hmm. the the newest thing around here at that time. Um, was boyfriends deciding that the way to earn an extra buck was to turn out their young girlfriends, um, yeah. which, you know, isn't quite what you think of on the scale of sex trafficking, but still it's like a insidious new um, version of prostitution. So mm-hmm. involuntary yeah, prostitution. It's surprising how much of it comes from uh, the – uh, you know, uh, the guise of romance. You know, it, it happens a yeah, lot in, exactly. in, in the, to, get, to get people to cross borders. You know, yeah, the, the idea of romancing and then, yeah, it's, um, so, I, it, and that was surprising to me. I didn't realize that it was, that that was one of the, 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 one of the tricks that people, that, you know, pimps would use. But, um, but but yeah, it's it's a well established you know attack. Yeah. Well, you promised let's me this would be something a little cheerier. I'm <laughs> 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 sorry, I got carried away with the, these questions, but um, I, let's talk about some of your your other novels. I I, I know you'd mentioned your your earlier too, but. Um, another thing that, that you've done regularly, I guess the word's co-edited, um, two mm-hmm. books that aren't anthologies, but it's a, a different approach, a, a group of authors each taking a chapter to tell a novel. Is that, is that 
what you've done on those two books? Yeah, so the first one was a, a book called The Night of the Flood, and you'd mentioned that I managed a site for the international thriller writers called The Thrill Begins, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that site had was, a, like a lot of sites did a, a couple of years ago, was have a dedicated set of contributors, and we all became right. really good friends and fans of each other's work, and we decided uh, – but one of the, the members, a writer named J.J. Hensley, thought we should all collaborate oh, yeah. on something. <laughs> and this is this came out of it, you know, this idea of having um, – of doing something a little different, having an interrelated story. So that, that novel was based on a, a group of vigilante women um, who, upon the wrongful – what they consider the wrongful execution of, uh, of someone um, – they decide to blow up the town's dam. And the night of flooding and rioting and chaos leads to, um, you know, well, it leads to a night of rioting and flooding and chaos. And every writer took one hour that night and wrote about something happening in the town and either people exploiting the tragedy or uh, recovering from it or experiencing it, some, some, some type of aspect. And then, so I, I co-edited that with uh, writer Sarah M. Chen, and then we did a second book, which w- wasn't really a follow-up, although a couple of the stories had characters from the first book called The Swamp Killers. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I and, and you know, it was – the doing it was uh, rewarding, and we thought – you know, the first book was so fun, and we thought, you know, let's – let's complicate this a little bit and make it a little more of a, you know, make it a little bit more of a challenge for us. And that was a terrible idea because um, we'll never do that again. (laughs) It was, it was was really hard. (laughs) So, and, and, you know, I don't mind challenges, but I, you know, with writing it, it, the challenges that come with an editor are, are very different. And and I don't consider myself, um, you know, an editor first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know that 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 was a, that was a lot, and it was a lot of work. And one time, I accidentally deleted the entire document with my changes, so I had to redo it. I mean, there's just all this frustration oh, no. with it. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was, you know, well, it, I mean, the, um, I, I the, guess. Uh, I had a whole series of questions here for you, but uh, uh, you know, I was going to ask you about your work at the Washington Independent Review. You write uh-huh. short stories. Um, you do all of these things with uh, writers' organizations. So, so maybe I'll just let you choose uh, if you have one or two more things that you want to tell our listeners about you. Um, you know, w- what would you choose to to share with them? Well, I basically, you know, I, I do all that because I like attention. Um, <laughs> anything for the I spotlight. could tell that, but <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I one of the things that I, I've done for years that, that I enjoy, um, and I've really got to get on it this year because I haven't done one is the Noir at the Bar series, which is you know a as as you mentioned a group of writers get together and they. Um, for each read, you know, it's like eight to ten writers, and they each read a short story or an excerpt from their work. And the stories tend to be very dark comedy, and um, 
and a little bit over the top, and you do it at a bar. So everyone's drinking, which, which also helps with the uh, the mood. And I, I really like it because, you know, I I mean we're in a, a entertainment industry, and right. the, the the times when we actually entertain in person as writers tend to be the most drab event there is. You know, I mean you you read you you're watching someone read from a book out loud that's not uh, unless they're a very gifted reader it's usually not much of a performance and i really you know like that this uh that there's a, a different chance for that you know I, I i view it like the way we look at you know like a book you like and you you reread you know a lot of times that happens when you're younger but you know that you reread because you just uh love getting lost in that story again or a tv show you rewatch or a movie you don't do right. that with readings, and I feel you know for yeah, something to be true. performative, we should have we we should have that that sense of somebody wants to relive this again. Uh huh. So, that and so to, that's to your goal with noir at the bar. I I really like to you know we 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 were doing pretty good last year, and I I was working with a mixologist who would do a drink demonstration based off one of the books. She'd make up a, a cocktail based off a book. And, and do a demonstration beforehand because you'll find that the, the Venn diagram of people who like writing and people who like drinking tends to be mm-hmm. one circle. <laughs> and then a, a friend of mine, a very gifted jazz singer, uh, Sarah Jones, would do uh, kind of a noir-themed uh, song um, at each event. And and they really wow. stole the show. You know, they were they're so uh, good. I bet. Uh, so it, that that was that was a lot of fun. I I want to get back to that, and I want to make it more of a. But I, I when I do it again, I want it to be, you know, we were just doing kind of the, the what everyone was doing last year, you know, on Zoom, adjusting your microphone, a camera pointed at your nostrils or your crotch by accident. You know, we I really uh, want to make it more of a production. Well, so I, you know, that, maybe um, it, we're not. I'm the eternal optimist, and I'd like to think that we're not that many months away from maybe people actually walking into a real bar to, um, you know, to experience it live. So, I think so, right? I I'm hoping I'm hoping that by the fall we'll be we'll be back, and I'll probably still keep. Like I hope a lot of these events have keep you know that they're that they're in person, but they're but they keep the virtual element. Because I, I've heard from a lot of people, you know, that they never, because of where they live geographically, they can't attend so many things. And this past year has 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 you know introduced them to things they never would have earlier. So I, I hope and, that. And, and you that's know, true. I mean, where, where I live, I'm sort of two and a half hours to D.C., two and a half hours to Philadelphia. Nothing much mm-hmm. happens in Harrisburg. Um, and so, you know, uh, all of these things that, that go on, it's, you know, it's a major, um, sort of decision for, for me to travel, to, to go to one of these places. Mm -hmm. But I know I had a 
a book event um, just the the other night, two, two nights ago, and it was with a store in Bethany Beach, Delaware, a bookstore. But there were people who um, attended from all over, and so it was really nice to be able to talk to a group of people who probably would have never shown up in Bethany Beach. Um, now, maybe a different group would have, but uh, it, there are some advantages to virtual events as well. I, I really hope we do both. I know for so many writers that wanted to attend, you know, BoucherCon or Thriller Fest, just didn't, but didn't have the money. That you know, there's mm-hmm. still a, there's still a benefit and a joy to going to these events in person, and and you can't replace that. But but it'd be great if they're able to attend virtually if they if they don't have the the money to do it. You know, so hopefully hopefully yeah. there's a, a dual approach. Yeah, that would be a nice model to pursue. And and actually, Noir at the Bar is sort of small enough um, that it would probably be much easier to do that than an entire conference. Um, you yeah. know, but uh, but it still would be a a nice event to to test out the theory. Absolutely. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our half hour, um, but I do want to ask you, Ed, uh, if you're willing to share, uh, what's on the horizon next? Um, Another uh, EA Bars novel? Um, Sounds like you might not be ready yet for a follow-up to The Unrepentant, but uh, I'm sure you may have something else in mind as well or something that you're well underway of working on. Oh yeah, I have a, another novel that um, I sent to my agent, so I'll get her. But she's a very much an editorial agent, so I'm looking forward to getting her uh, feedback on it. And uh, until then, it's really, you know, just I, I think I'm going to work on some short stories and uh, essays and stuff like that that have been I've been thinking about, but putting off while I was working on the novel. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I really admire um, you and others' ability to do short stories. I, I, I keep trying, and I'm just too wordy. I can't, uh, you know, synthesize a concept in a short story format, it appears. Uh, so I really admire uh, people like you who can do that so well. I, I respect the form. I, I don't think I do it as well as I'd like. So it, it's, but mainly because I really don't like you, I really don't write a lot of short stories. You know, it's, it's something I want to, I, I, I admire and I like reading them, but I, 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 I you know, there, there, there's writers who are so wonderful at short stories like Art Taylor or Tara Laskowski, Jen Conley. And I, yes, yes. you know, I, 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 I can't, um, I, I happily defer to, to them when it comes to, to 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 being you know really really good at that form. Yeah, I, I think that there are people who, who excel at it, and mm. then there are others who do well at it, and then there are like me <laughs> who don't do well at all. <laughs> I, I get that. I, yeah, I, I see. <laughs> well, um, before we go, um, uh, because we do need to wrap up. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell our listeners how they can find out uh, more about your books, where they can buy them, all that basic stuff? 
Yeah, sure. Thank you. The um, the best way to find out any information uh, about me or my writing is through my website. It's just eamar.com, E-A-Y-M-A-R. And on the site, I have a newsletter called uh, Crime Fiction Works, and that uh, I send out monthly. Um, and that, and in that newsletter, I also tend to include. Uh, I, I switched it up recently, and I try to include more uh, a set of releases every month in crime fiction that I'm that I'm interested in and, and want to share. So, uh, those oh are yes, I, I saw that with your last newsletter. I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. nice touch. Yeah. And you're in the next one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, your website and your newsletter. Um, I, I really want to thank you for joining me today. It's been an interesting discussion, perhaps a little bit more about sex trafficking than you had anticipated. But um, <laughs> I, I thought it was an interesting discussion. I loved it. Uh, no, and to all you, you so listeners. Much. It was great. Um, just as a reminder, uh, my books are available at Sunbury Press's online bookstore, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and pretty much anywhere else. Uh, special thanks to all of you for listening to the Milford House Mysteries. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our program and getting to know Ed. Uh, our next program will be on April 1st at 2.30 p.m. with a new guest author. Uh, and in the meantime, you can follow me on social media or at uh, www.sherrynolton.com. And once again, I want to thank my guest, Ed Amar, uh, for appearing on the Milford House Mysteries. We really appreciate it, Ed. I loved it. I had a great time. Thank you so much, Sherry. All right. Well, until next time, everybody. <laughs> Weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.